welcome to Shadows of Criterion Channel podcast, where we review a new movie from the Criterion Channel every week. Uh, my name's Jackson. Oh, Patrick? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. I'm like, oh, I know Patrick. I'm last. But... My name's Patrick. I'm Pierce. My, my name's Kalen. All right, cool. Okay, so how are you guys doing? That's good, good man. Coming in with a new attitude. Oh, wow. Patrick. Oh, coming in coming in with energy and gusto. Yeah, this wow. is what we need, Patrick. Those are two yeah, things we definitely need. Yeah. Like a changed so. man. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's Friday, you know? It's Friday. Yeah. What's there not to be happy about? Okay, you know? so Chafed Alba. <laughs> <laughs> is it chafed or chaffed? I thought it was chaffed. I, uh, I think it's chaffed. Oh, I thought it was chaffed. better. I always say yeah, chaffed. I think I, I thought chafed was the. Is what does chaffed mean? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know it's it's like the thing. same thing. I don't know what this whole movie like a means, dude. This movie was weird. <laughs> it means relationships with your mother. Oh, okay. Chafed. <laughs> okay, chafed uh, means to make a part of the body sore by rubbing against it. Okay. Rub um, to restore warmth or sensation. Yes. Right. Um, so it's like make friction. a yes, yeah, sore. Yeah. So it's like when you rub something or something, and it gets warm. Rubbing elbows. Yeah. I don't know what what that has to do with the movie. Shake them. Well, okay. I mean, what does the movie have to do with the movie? Is the real question. <laughs> I, okay. I so I saw this movie like two, what like two or three weeks ago, because I've always been really curious about Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Sr. Because obviously he's mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr.'s dad, but also uh, Paul Thomas Anderson and Louis C.K. both revere him apparently like louis ck said that not this movie but another movie has called putney swope like inspired him to do comedy um and then a paul thomas anderson one was really interesting because i think i can kind of see a little bit of like inspiration in this into inherent vice we, we could i don't think we've all seen inherent vice no pearson you know what? No, okay no. inherent vice it's a it's a kind of weird like comedy mm-hmm. thing but anyway i've just been curious about this and i saw it and i thought it was magnificently weird and i loved mm-hmm. the still image <laughs> shit yeah i've never seen I loved that before. yeah I've never that was seen really that cool did you not watch line. that movie in uh intro to film that was like i think it's called la jete oh no i did yeah la jete is that great. has some still photographs yeah you're right you're right that is also a still photograph Okay, so evidently, I, I take back everything I said. Um, <laughs> Patrick, Patrick, what did you think of this? Uh, yeah, I thought it was awesome, man. I thought it was great. Um, I just finished it. I literally just watched it. Um, I'm happy that it was an hour long. Say that up top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that was I like think more movies should be an hour long. It felt like I think you're right. It, like with the style they used, it, it honestly felt like a full movie. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I'm also yeah. glad it was an hour though. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I, I had that. set aside like two hours to watch it, and then I was like, "Oh, it's only it's only 58 minutes or whatever the fuck." So that was cool. Not even an hour. <laughs> not even an hour. Um, but you know what's weird? Uh, this isn't about the movie, but sometimes like I'll look at a movie on like wherever I'm streaming it from. Um, and then I'll look up the movie and like the the time. Patrick, 
yeah, the time. Uh-oh. The time, <laughs> yeah, oh. the time I, I stopped. I, dude, dude, it stopped for him. He got stopped in time. Did my... uh? What happened? The last thing it, you, you said, said time, and then, and then it, it cut out. Completely blew out. So you tell Weird. I think when I dip from... Uh, I think when I change from the anchor page to like go look at my notes, I think it disconnects me, because... It felt like I was okay. chatting before and people weren't answering me. Um, maybe people were just ignoring me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the only time you cut out. All right. Uh, uh, about the movie, though? Yeah, okay. First thing that I really liked, I liked that it felt like I could kind of tune out for like half a second and just come back. And it's just like, oh, I'm just like immersed in a new scene. It, it There was obviously like a very loose, loosely structured story. Um, but it felt totally unnecessary because each individual moment of the movie was like, wow, holy shit. Um, the, the one-liners were hilarious. Um, the setups were really fast. It was kind of just like hitting you with these like back to back to back, um, little, uh, ideas. It was just kind of, that's how it felt. It felt like a series of really radical ideas just shoved in your face really loudly and, uh, yeah, you got to respect the energy. I don't really, I'm like kind of torn on it, but I, I think I I definitely enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was really fun. Yeah, it definitely achieved like what it was going for, for, especially for the time period, like the 1960s. I'm sure that kind of art was like not very common at all. And so especially in the context of the time period, I think it's uh, it's definitely something that stands out a lot. And yeah, again, I've never seen anything like a still image film or anything like that. Um, yeah, I pretty much loved everything about it myself. But I, I, I don't know if I would recommend it necessarily just as like any type of film. Like it's it's definitely an acquired taste, I would say. Yeah. On that note, though, if anyone does want to watch the film, please record your reaction. Because I'd <laughs> love to see what that would look like. The film is so bizarre and random. The first 20 seconds of the film was perfect. I could have stopped it right there and been satisfied with that intro when you're just lying down in bed and then like he leaves it and you're like, oh, it's Bob. And she turns around and you're like, oh, it's Bob. The whole thing feels like kind of one big joke. Which And, and it's yeah. funny when Paul Thomas Anderson loves him. And uh, I know in, in interviews I've heard where PDA is talking about directors he loves, he, he always mentions... Um, Oh fuck. The player, the guy who directed the player and Oh, uh, long goodbye. Robert. Yeah, Robert Altman. And both of them at least I, I haven't seen a lot of all, um their films but or their movies but I uh I feel like both of them just have a real sense of humor. So, um Yeah, but Hilarious. PTA kind of doesn't yeah. have that big <laughs> much of a sense of humor, which is kind of interesting. But the whole thing did kind of feel like a joke. It was like Obviously, very sophisticated, but also like kind of like incredibly immature at the same time. That dynamic was fun, though. Did you guys have any like favorite like jokes? I have a few favorite jokes that uh that uh stick out when the dude's um uh, painting. Yeah, when he's painting the the ground for like the 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 road or whatever, he's like, "Oh, what are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, someone has to draw the line." (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and there was another one there was i like that one too <laughs> there was another one where that dude just walks up to him and signs his initials he's like you're now my piece of art you're, he's like a, 
turned him into a piece of art because he signed his that signature. That was a favorite of mine too. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. Those two killed. When I saw that, I died. I'm like, it's so stupid, but like, it's yeah, really funny. <laughs> uh, what? I'm so vegetarian. I don't even eat animal crackers. That <laughs> 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 yeah, made me laugh. That was good. Yeah, like uh, lady, lady in need of socks. Yeah, yeah, and every woman was played by Robert Downey Jr.'s mom in the whole film, like every single. Yeah, uh, shocking that that guy has had a drug addiction. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of the really interesting part of it is that he apparently his dad would give him joints when he was six on on these movie sets. I think Um, that's so surprising based off the film. Well, exactly. (laughs) No, no, it's not. (laughs) I wonder if his films are anything like this. uh, Robert Downey Sr. is like any of his other films. This is the only one. They are. I've seen Putney Swope, which is the same, except kind of racist version, which I'm surprised it's still like Putney Swope is the one that people still revere today. That's like the most popular. Um, It's like the most racist film I've ever seen. But it's interesting I don't know why it's like still very like really revered. Um, it's about uh, it's about um, an ad agency where uh, the chairman of the of like the agency are all like voting on who the next boss should be, but none of them want to vote on each other at all. So they all vote for like the assistant guy whose name is Putney Swope, who's black. And they all vote for him because they think nobody else will vote for him. And then he becomes the head of the agency and he, and it's, he just like causes hijinks and stuff and it's ridiculous. Uh, But anyway, yeah, I think all his movies are pretty similar. I, what I loved about this movie is that it is so like, it feels like a rock record and it feels like, like you guys still haven't read Thomas Pynchon except for Patrick, obviously, but I felt I've, I've been look feel like I've ever since I started reading Pynchon, I've been looking for a filmmaker who could do that. Mm. And I feel like this is so totally that, like, I would love to see this guy do the crowd of lot 49. Um, I think he, he could, he just has that, that like verve. It's kind of like Godard, but in a, in a, like an, like a, an American version of, of Godard. Because um, some of the cuts are really cool and weird, like how they would have like the photos moving around each other and stuff, and like, um, and he evidently has like like Orson Welles used to talk about Godard. He said that it, he was um, he had this contagious hatred for cinema, and that's exactly how I felt watching this film. Hmm. Um, how every joke was like a joke about itself. Like the one-liners were funny, but it was also hilarious. <laughs> they would be put in a movie and that they would be said that the way the way they were all said like so straight and so quickly too um that it was like i was laughing at the jokes but i was also laughing at like how ludicrous the whole thing was and how like stupid the jokes were <laughs> um and i felt that was all like really purposeful and great and i loved the how ridiculous how like straight completely straight the actor played it i thought he did <laughs> that was, I just uh, yeah i thought that was hysterical yeah. um <laughs> Yeah, and how weird Robert Downey Jr. Sr.'s wife was. Um, and uh, yeah, I feel like I feel like um, m- movies from the countercultural period, I don't have a lot of like experience with. Like I haven't seen a lot of Andy Warhol movies and things like that. But this feels like getting such a great like scope into that world. It feels like he's capturing that energy really well. Like like it almost reminds me of like when you listen to like the early Dylan records and he he does like a comedy song. This <laughs> feels like that to me. Yeah, it's kind of like um, um, 
that fuck it never mind <clears throat> i shall set you free I think no the the one song on bringing it all back home i think it's like dylan's 115th dream or something like that yeah it kind of yeah, feels like exactly. that album though it also kind of just feels like um uh sh- the opening track uh the famous opening track rainy day women no opening track of bringing it all back home oh um oh of course Subterranean yeah music, uh, blues. yeah yeah it does. just has the like raucous energy and just kind of moving on from scene to scene actually they're really similar i'd have to look at the lyrics to that because yeah. i know uh subterranean homesick blues kind of just about like a drugged out person wandering around um but yeah what i think sometimes when it when it comes to movies like this i find attempting to try and pinpoint some uh ideological like what what is trying uh what is, what is the director trying to say or and i'm at least doing that for a bit for this movie before completely giving up and i'm being like i think the point is that um nothing is being said yeah yeah i think it's a statement against like doing anything you know in the normal formula like from from it being a still image film from the the crazy subject matter throughout the movie i I think it's it's just trying to be what it is you know and uh and that's what everything else is not (laughs) i think it succeeded quite well at that what (laughs) yeah i uh it was jackson what's up jackson yeah hey i'm back (laughs) what up homie what up no i agree with that though i think it was just so there was almost nothing um that wasn't lambasted in some capacity it just felt like he was taking shots at uh, like being a part of the countercultural also just like taking so many shots at cult counterculture itself taking shots at underground cinema just like a really self-aware but not to an obnoxious extent it was like it felt ironic, but it also felt really honest. It was like someone just saying, fuck it, I'm going to make, like, I'm going to just do whatever um, comes to my mind. And it just seems like watching it, I was just like, this is just a really clever, talented person just letting themselves not, not caring. caring and being completely unfiltered. It seemed like a stream of conscious to me. It's like someone just thinking about, like, daydreaming in their head about some random thing happening and then turned that into a film. What it felt like to me. Yeah, it really does make me yeah, see totally. his films. Yeah, I'd be curious. I would love to see him t- like um, a real movie by yeah. him, which I don't think he ever oh, yeah. did. Um, but that would be really interesting. To I mean, me. what do you mean by a real movie? Well, like Is a the real, real movie, like with the with the plot and like with a normal screenplay and a story. Um, I I'd be really curious to see how he would do that. He made a movie mm-hmm. called Pound that looks kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I had that thought as well. I was watching it and I was like, I really love the energy here, but I would love to see what what he would make of an actual cohesive like film if it was a little more engaging, but just had that same cleverness and wit. Totally. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. That would definitely be pretty cool. I wrote down when I was watching it that watching it kind of feels like an experience akin to being in like underground in some art pub that has like screening this movie and it's like 2 a.m. and everyone's super drunk or um, and just like being really loud and like throwing shit at the screen. That's just what 
Like, I feel like that was the environment that this was made in and the environment that it was made to be watched into. I could just imagine people watching that and being so like outraged at it and like really pissed off. Um, like seeing, I would love to see this movie get booed somewhere. I think that would be a lot. Yeah. Of yeah, what's that? What's that place? That, it's called Tiffs, right? In Toronto. You see um, uh, films that are kind of like older, but they stream in yeah. like theaters. I remember seeing, I think it was The Room there. Remember that dumb movie? <laughs> I saw that there and it the environment was basically like that. It was a very cool. So it'd be cool to see that film in an environment like that in like a theater, kind of like a cult kind of thing viewing. Those are pretty fun to go to. Yeah, I saw a Rocky Horror Picture Show like that. It, yeah, they're fun. This would definitely be a movie that suits that. It's also a movie that I feel like I would just want to have on, like even on yeah. mute, just to like look at every once in a while. I also wanted to, I thought it would, I thought it would be a good palate cleanser after no, Come and See. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> more upbeat than the last one we looked at. <laughs> yeah, I felt it's also a comedy that I that I thought was a real film, which I love and which I think I need to see more of. I I, I was about to say that cinema needs more of, but I feel like I just haven't seen enough of them. Where it's a comedy, but like it's genuinely a movie. Mm. And aside from like things like Charlie, Chaplin, I was gonna say, like I was about to movies, say, yeah, like obviously those ones, but um, which that would be great to do for this, but. Uh, I feel like, yeah, I feel like I feel like I would love to see more weird comedies like this that are genuine, genuine. Uh, right. I feel like Coen Brothers yeah, do that sometimes. Right. Like the Big Lebowski is kind of yeah, that. Totally. A Serious Man is kind of that. I haven't seen Hail Caesar. Serious a Serious Man might be like one of my I mean, all of their movies are so good. But I remember watching A Serious Man and being like. I think this is my favorite Coen Brothers film. And uh, and then thinking about it for a little bit longer, I mean, like, okay, no, nah, because they're all great. But it is really, really good. I liked uh, Hail Caesar, I thought was okay. I really liked Inside Lone Davis, and I really liked uh, the one they did for Netflix, I thought was great. The Ballad of Buster mm, Scruggs. Yeah. It's one of my favorites by them. Um, back to this movie, though. Um, I like Other Lions that I loved uh, Leo Realism. The, the yeah, <laughs> was he just like I don't know if he was like an Italian filmmaker or just a random filmmaker but man when he was like I'm listed in the yellow pages under truth just so funny <laughs> just incredibly funny yeah I can't it's one of those things where I actually don't know if I've ever seen a movie with so many lines that I just thought that is genius like well, that's what I loved about it is the is the it, it, the lines are funny, but what was funnier to me was just how many mm-hmm. there were, and it just keeps throwing them at you, <laughs> like it doesn't even care about yeah. you, <laughs> your reaction. Yeah, and I love that. It's just, yeah, and it's, it's obviously so it knows that too because there's that um, brief uh, black screen where it says the pace is really fast, so here's like twenty seconds of soothing sounds, and it's just like screeching, <laughs> yeah. like nothingness, uh, industrial noise. Yeah, it was fantastic, uh, and the like... commercial was fantastic. Yeah, was yeah, crazy. yeah. That <laughs> felt like yeah. a sketch straight out of like Adult Swim or um, yeah, yeah, ahead of its time. I also like how. Uh every single person that he didn't like or didn't want to contend with he just like throw them off like something <laughs> like out of a window or just like they just throw them off he's like oh so but i just picked her up and i just dumped her dead. It's like <laughs> you ran at me so i stepped aside yeah the amount of murder yeah, that was funny yeah the amount of kind murder. of unexpected and pretty low-key 
<laughs> yeah, honestly. At the end of the movie, I was just yeah, like, when... wow, this guy actually ended up killing a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, he really yeah, did. He did. And then he was like a folk singer for a while. Oh, man, yeah. Um, that song was that hilarious. Was what does he just start singing about, like, BDSM, essentially? The like pop song, yeah. He's just like, so. well, he's talking about. He says something about a leather negligee, which is like a type of lingerie, but then he's like, tie it in my mouth and pull my hair, and then he's talking about like getting oh lacerated on the back and feeling like butter and stuff. <laughs> 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 uh yeah, that's the type of movie I want. I need to see again because so it went so fast. I could you couldn't possibly keep up with everything. I feel like a bunch of jokes, a bunch of uh ideas just went straight over my head. Yeah, for sure. And what sticks out in a first watch is these like individual lines that were really funny, but there was al also way more than that going on. I feel like that's just kind of what the only thing you can really grasp onto the first time is like, oh, this is funny. And there's like this funny dialogue, but there's, there's, I mean, a crazy amount of uh, like social commentary that you just can't really follow because it's thrown at you in this really, uh, I don't know, unrelenting way. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. And I like that it doesn't mean yeah, anything. <laughs> like it is, it's social commentary that doesn't have anything to do with anything. I think, <laughs> it had, I think it, it's my favorite kind of social commentary. It had like pockets of meaning, I'd say. Like there's certain things that happen, you're like, oh, that by itself was kind of a funny thing that kind of made sense by itself. It was like a little skit that was like, you know, kind of humorous. So it was like a and like yeah. every single character in the <laughs> film was was pretty neurotic and kind of nuts so i feel like that speaks about those times i guess or the setting of the film like everybody is kind of uneasy yeah, sure. and yeah just kind of nuts <laughs> yeah man so jackson when you said you i i know this might not be um the best conversation because kaylin and pierce i don't know if you've um, seen any Paul Thomas Anderson movies, but um, probably worth talking about because like I feel uh, he directed Boogie Nights, uh, Magnolia, uh, There Will Be Blood, and uh, The Master. Those might be the most popular ones. Uh, Jackson's yeah, mentioned a few I, of those to me. I haven't seen those, though. I don't think. No. We'll do some for sure, even though he's, it's not. I don't think they're on the criterion, but we'll we'll do some. He's my favorite filmmaker, I think, ever. Then I just, um, I guess, quickly, I just want to ask you what what did you see when you said you could see how, like, maybe some of an inherent vice was inspired by this? Where how, where did you see any any connection there? Because I found it really hard to find any sort well, of thread between the two. It actually informed, so Inherent Vice, I've never really, I still don't get, I still don't really like, but I, 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 I've always just been curious what he was trying to do with it. And I think that when I watch Inherent Vice, it feels to me like um, there's a similar thing with jokes in that movie where a lot of the jokes are delivered really straight and they just kind of pass by you. Um and they're, I don't know if they're as quick as this movie, but they're definitely like in a similar manner of just some absurdity that then just like the movie moves along from. 
Um, and I was always like, is he trying to make us laugh or trying to make us think? They're like, what? And I think after seeing this movie, it's clear the tone he was going for. Um, it's also, I think, like, uh, um, I wouldn't, it, it, it informs it partly through contrast because I just would never think of PTA being into this movie that much. Like, I think he would, but I would never think of him as listing Robert Downey Sr. as an influence. And it just, it, it gives like a little, a bit of a different slant to all his movies. Like even Phantom Thread, which he called a comedy, which I think is really cool and is actually totally mm-hmm. a comedy if you want to look mm-hmm. at it like that. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Inherit, well, Inherent Vice specifically, like um, I think there's an energy that he's trying to get in that movie that, that Chafed Elbows has. And that's where like the pension stuff comes in. Cause I think, I mean, I, this main reason I really wanted to show you is because I, this movie screamed pension to me. Um, I mean, obviously it's about paranoia and about the sixties counterculture and he moves through the sixties counterculture kind of like Oedipa Mass does in the Crown of Buffer Nine. But um, I, uh, I was just thrilled to be like, to find somebody who I think could do pension, even though it's impossible because he's right. five years old. Retired. I was, I just, yeah, been retired. I just thought that was really cool. And I've sort of ever since PTA did it, and I still think didn't, did it a really interesting version. Like, Inherent Vice is an interesting movie. It's just not a great movie. Um, I've been like, hey, could somebody actually do it? And I think this guy could. But yeah, that's, ma- that's mainly with the, with the PTA uh, reference I was making. I also, like, I'm curious. I know, like, if you watch Louis C.K.'s directed stuff, and especially his shorts, you can see a ton of, of Robert Downey Sr. influence, um, which was cool to me to, to actually see where that came from. Um, yeah, I haven't seen any yeah. of uh, Louis C.K.'s. Um, well, I guess I've seen some of Louis and his shows. But um, yeah, the, for me, the I mean, to me, Inherent Vice is just bad. And then this was good. So <laughs> it was... <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. mean, yeah, Inherent Vice, it, it really, it, Inherent Vice is fundamentally right. sad, I think. Like, I think there's a lot of it that's trying to be sad, which is my favorite part of it. But there's a whole bunch of other stuff in it that, that doesn't really work. Um, if, it was a, if it was just a movie, I'd probably see it and be like, that was boring and leave. But it's a Thomas Pynchon adaptation by Paul Thomas Anderson. So I have a ton of curiosity about right. what the motive, what the intentions were in it um there's a lot of choices it makes that's totally different to the book like the ending um i was just like why did they make that choice because it feels a lot less interesting and there doesn't seem to me to be an obvious answer yeah i think um he also made it between the master and phantom thread which i think are two of the best movies of all time <laughs> so it's it's wild to me that that was his breather right in those movies. i think um uh, if there is a connecting yeah. thread and then this will come back to <laughs> being something everyone can talk about is that um, PTA, Louis to an extent, and obviously Robert Downey Sr. are all very American. Uh, like whenever I think of PTA, I don't, I don't just think of like, oh, he's from America. I'm like, this person has a keen interest in the, um, the, I hesitate to say it in this way, but like the soul of America. I think is what yeah, PTA right. talks about. And I don't think this movie maybe wanted to get that deep, but obviously this movie is in like as American as, as you can get. Um, 
Well, you could say, I mean, it, it, that he is going through nervous breakdown after nervous breakdown. You know, it's not like he, and he, and he, it's obviously, he's obviously seen everything from such a detached corner, uh, which could say a lot about where America was at the, at the time or where the counterculture was at the time. But yeah, Pearson Campbell. Well, I, I was just looking up Inherent Vice and I found out Joanna Newsom's in that film, which I'm in a way by. Yeah. Oh, really? She's, there's so many cool things about that Is movie. She really? She's the narrator in it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, cool, she's cool, great. Right. Yeah. She's, she's awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, um, it's pretty much all I, I have. I don't know about Kaylin, if you have anything else. Uh, I have a tad less than you have, Pierce. Oh, the music <laughs> is by Johnny Green. Uh, which is nothing. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, is it actually? Cool movie. I, yeah, it is. Johnny Greenwood does all oh, Paul wow, Thomas really? Anderson's movies. That's a cool fact. Yeah. That. Starting with um, There Will Be Blood. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really great. Yeah, the, there's definitely wild. a lot of the... I didn't really think of the paranoia thing like while I was watching it. I mean, it's pretty obvious that that that's the type of energy that it has, but it didn't really strike me as it was just so hard to grasp onto anything. So I don't even know if I could appropriately make out like paranoia as a as an idea or a feeling in yeah. the movie, but well, maybe on a rewatch. He's not he's not pinching. He's not Pynchon and he's not Paul Thomas Anderson and he doesn't really seem to have an interest in in asking you to walk away thinking about right. anything. Um, just have a good time. But you know, that seems what it is. Yeah, have a exactly. good time. Just go for it. I love that. Yeah. But they're like it's just it's hard to see it that way because although it kind of is a good time, it also kind of isn't a good time. So you'd think if he just wanted people to have good, a good time, he wouldn't have made something so like offensive and bad right <laughs> maybe but maybe it's more about I like the, I had fun. I like yeah that. i know but like well there's he even puts that um at the end the black man talking about like i think i from what i understood it was like he was talking about going to see the, bringing his girlfriend to come and see this movie or something and then her being like why the fuck did you bring me to watch this movie this movie sucks this was a waste <laughs> of money and i want my money back and the guy and then the guy answers that like he used to be in Hollywood movies and, and stuff. Anyways, the point being that I think like Robert Downey Sr. has an awareness that like this movie is a lot of people would will hate this movie. Like I guess we kind of liked it. I I loved it, thought it was funny. But if it's an art film to this extent, there's always a little more going on than purely like I just want people to have a good time watching this. There's, I feel like it's always a statement. Yeah. Maybe, but it, maybe it's purely like a formal statement of like, look at the type of movie I'm making, less as opposed to look at what I'm saying. Well, a lot of it. Well, but it's also an, a parody of art films, right? Right. Yeah. So I think it could totally just be like fuck any kind of meaning. Also, the idea of like, obviously, I think we can make make it a given that any movie we're going to be talking about, yeah. most people aren't going to like. <laughs> I think that's fine. We don't really even have to say that every week. Um, but I, yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot going on in this movie. Like, you could totally write a huge like thesis about it. But uh, I think it 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 partly speaks to where the movie's coming from, and its view of the world. That's like, yeah. I could, you know, I could give you like a whole, you know, soliloquy thing about America, but who gives a fuck? 
<laughs> and I think that's really thrilling to watch. I mean, it's kind of, and that's where to me, I see like Godard influences of like, fuck this, fuck the seriousness of what we're doing. Um, maybe that's too much to say, because <laughs> he's really serious, but <laughs> at least with Robert Downey Sr., it's like, this is, a, this is, you know, this is just a laugh and he seems high. His wife seems high. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of what I think. It was also meant to be funny in the time it was made, too. Huh? I think it's important to keep that in mind, because it came out in 1966, right? Like, was that the date it came out in? Because I'm sure yeah. I'm sure a lot of the references and jokes were, were references that people of that era would kind of understand better than we did. So I feel like there's that, too. Even though I felt like I understood most of the jokes yeah. pretty well. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think we got yeah. it. It's also, that's very early in the counterculture, too. Mm -hmm. Like... Um, and I mean, the 60s have been, like, played to death in movies that I think people alive now have um, a pretty good idea of what was, you know, in pop culture at the time. That's a fair point, man. But also, I have had this thought of, like, we know these eras so well because of how they've been immortalized in these types of documents but like i i just feel really close to like this idea of the 60s or this idea of the counterculture and like who the fuck knows what it was really like yeah well that's what's cool about this is you like this is how the counterculture is remembered right mm -hmm. like the feeling of this movie but what's cool about it is this actually is a product of the counterculture. So if, if there is any romanticization going on, it doesn't seem that extreme because this is the direct product of it. And this is completely bonkers. <laughs> um, and I love that. I love, I mean, I still think obviously the sixties is it's like cliche, but it's like the coolest. It's like, we're all like every part, every cultural thing that's happened since the sixties has been like that's a true. descendant of the sixties. Right. Like it's all very clearly. Yeah. It's like, it's all very clearly causal. And, um, seen like this is one of the most extremely absurd things we've ever seen and it's really cool that this comes like like okay five years before this came out like what were the big what were like the movies people were seeing mm. <laughs> you know like what were the biggest movies of like 1965 i don't know let me i'm gonna look up oscars 1965 apparently yeah uh most nominations in 1965, Mary Poppins. No, well. <laughs> Most no, awards, right. My Fair Lady, which I haven't seen. Uh, the Sound of Music. Yeah. Um, hmm. I mean, but there were obviously, like, I, I get that it was pretty early in the counterculture, but there have been, there've been independent movies like this forever, so. I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, I've seen what the, this podcast is based off is named after a movie that came out a little bit earlier. Um, that's also very weird and very experimental. But in the States, finding an underground strange films in the States before the 70s, I, I do find uh, rare. I can't think of many. Well, what are some you can think of? Just <laughs> shadows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really, yeah. shadows and... And the, the movies that his name's John Cassavetes was making are amazing. Um, hmm. Very like a lot more. They're not comedies. They're like really serious, but they're they're uh, improvised and frenetic and great. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's I, I haven't seen, as far as I know, the 60s is sort of thought of as like a kind of low point for movies um, because obviously it's after the like, the like Chaplin and studio period, but before um, the, uh, before the seventies, uh, like, you know, new cinema wave. So I don't know of many great sixties movies except for like Kubrick sixties in general. I feel yeah. like I don't, I, I mean, I can't name all the movies off the top of my head that came out in the sixties, but God, it feels like there's a fucking a lot of them. Like when did, huh? Yeah. Maybe you think no there's not a lot like the graduate 2001 a rosemary's baby i guess that was the beginning of polanski um yeah i guess i may be thinking more of like the uh, 70s i'm thinking of yeah the seven well the 70s is where it's at but but the 60s seem pretty tame like um butch cassie and the sundance kid is great dr strangelove um well what would um Good, the bad, and the ugly. But would you guys rate this movie out of ten? Huh? That's a tough one. I <laughs> that's a great question. I'd give it like an eight point five to a nine. I, I don't even think I could place it anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't. It's a tricky question. Yeah, it, what, on what metric? Well, on any metric, <laughs> on your metric. Hand, I wouldn't like. necessarily recommend this on the wide scale. It's like you know, I couldn't say it's like as good as other films I love, but maybe like a seven point eight or so. <laughs> yeah. That's not bad. <laughs> Pierce, yeah, Pierce yeah, with yeah. the very specific <laughs> Always appreciate I'd give it a, a 7.5. You know, I might give it an 8 just because it made yeah, me it laugh, made me laugh like quite a lot. Because I like dumb humor and it made me laugh a lot. So yes. I'll give it an 8. I agree yeah. with that. It's just good. And you could just define the metric that you rate stuff on. There's no universal metric we need to follow. Just define it and then say why you rated it based on your definition. Or whatever, you know, or not. <laughs> you don't have to do that. Yeah, I guess when I was thinking of, uh, when I was saying movies have been like experimental for a, a long time, I was kind of thinking of like these really early movies from like the 1910s or like literally the the birth of film. Um, yeah, no, I mean, oh, like yeah, maybe, but like. <laughs> Those other directors around that time, I don't even really know their names. I know like some of the names of the short little clips, but um, the, they were super weird. Like film was really fucking weird when it started. I, I think people underrate that because um, we just don't watch it like that. But it was more akin to like what you would see at like a circus or a, or a fair than what you would watch in a movie theater. Because I mean, that's how they were presented they a lot of the right. time was like these roaming um kind of fair things that you would come and just like see the attraction of um you know the like mirror the scientific miracle of movies so they were kind of just really weird and experimental at the beginning and then maybe kind of moved away from that towards just being like conventional narrative movies and then yeah the 60s is this like revival of um a sort of uh rebellious tendencies in in movies but maybe that's really reductive i'm not sure but that's kind of what i know cool 
anyone have last thoughts they want to say? Uh, I, I really enjoyed the film. It was fun. It was nice, sweet, short, ridiculous. It's uh, it was definitely a nice load off from the last film we watched, and I'd kind of like to keep that track now. <laughs> Watching lighter stuff still for a little bit. I'm still good for that. Um, and yeah, I loved it. I would definitely it like to see more of his films after, especially if he has like you know feature length, like again, you know, more typical with the plot and everything. Um, yeah, I liked this one for sure. Does this movie have any IMDb trivia, uh, Jackson? I, I like when you read the IMDb. Oh, that's a good question. It's a good, like, segment, you know? I should read the IMDb. But we're, I, we're getting used to these segments, <laughs> so you got to follow the, the existing IMDb, structure. What is that? <laughs> I can't disappoint the public. Days. Okay, imdb.com shaved elbows. It was made apparently for $12,000, which I read before, which is not surprising. <laughs> Which probably, what does that translate to? Probably like a hundred. Uh, I think it scored like 25,000 box office or something. Um, I don't, is there, is there a trivia page? Kind of makes sense. A, a we can make our own trivia. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. was born it's in 1965. Oh, yeah. This movie came out in 1966. That's interesting. Oh. Yeah. That's yeah, I wonder movie. where he was when oh, this was he on set when this was being made. Who knows? But yeah, like I said at the start, That's a good question. After watching this movie, is like the least surprising thing ever to be like, oh yeah, the <laughs> this guy's son had like a drug problem, and so did he. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of tragic too. I mean, because obviously, like all of RDJ Senior's movies are really light and ridiculous. And then you learn about what oh, so yeah. he's his son into. And it's in that? Like, like for Robert Downey Jr.'s like addiction and stuff. He gave he oh, gave it he Robert Downey. I, I think I heard you guys say that before. I was like, wait, did That's I just hear it started that? Yeah, it totally isn't funny. Yeah. But um yeah. I've just never seen such a clearly drug fueled yeah. film or movie. Um so it, it kind of made me laugh for a minute because this movie is just so clearly the product of like I don't know what how what combination of drugs, but I don't see how a sober person can make this. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it's interesting. Like obviously, Rob Downey Jr.'s career path is totally different to the art avant-garde world, but he seems to have like deep respect for his dad. Like whenever he talks about his dad in interviews, he's like, yeah, he was a maverick genius filmmaker. He made a bunch of amazing movies with my mother. Um, yeah, it's really, and then his dad is <laughs> be the biggest Hollywood guy in the world. Yeah, it is kind of really strange. strange. Every time I've heard uh, Robert Downey Jr. talk though, he does sound like he he's really cares about acting, you know, like despite I mean, yeah, the Marvel really movies are good. I have, and I oh, don't know really if I've does, seen obviously. anything he's in besides like the Marvel movies and like Sherlock Holmes or something. Um, Tropical. Oh, Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Yeah. He has. He has. Yeah. yeah Tro Tropic, or Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Tropic Thunder. Yeah. yeah. He's in an awesome uh, mystery movie called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. That's one of my favorite genre movies. Um, and he's great. Like he obviously looks like he's not trying, but that's just part of his skill uh i feel like mm -hmm. i'm not surprised that he cares that much about acting because yeah like you don't you're not just like right. that mega and they grew up in greenwich village too him yeah. and uh his sister so yeah yeah that's not surprising. that's like i love um <laughs> right the references to the it just feels like 
shit what am i trying to say the the version of new york that's shown in this movie doesn't feel like the version of new york i would imagine when i think of greenwich village um but he's also referencing the like ginsburg and these beat poets and i'm just like oh yeah this is like the same world obviously it's the same art world but i'm like is this what it's like to like live there is that how it felt Well, that's what part of what I love so much about the beat world is that, yeah, it's like, you know, it's like, don't think twice, it's all right. And, you know, howl and on the road and like this kind of serious stuff that's really poetic and beautiful. And it's completely ridiculous and slapstick too. like one of my favorite beat poets is Gregory Corso and his poems are great and hilarious. Dylan's obviously hilarious. Um I love that it can be really light and funny and be everything else too. That's def- that's one of my favorite things about it. Um, so yeah, this movie yeah. feels totally like in line in that world to me. Well, I think that's all I had to say. That's all I had to Sweet. say. As I well. think it's uh, it's worth really noting nice. that this is the first time we've done this Friday podcast on yeah. Friday. <laughs> so that's. Uh... That's cool. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we get this out here on Friday. <laughs> oh, we too. didn't even mention the uh, the, the black yeah. theme park thing, which is like maybe the most I could see as being like controversial part of the movie. Don't remember that? It's yeah, go through it. mentioned. I mean, yeah, but like is it not kind of sh- I mean, I guess like it wasn't that uncommon in like 60s underground media or whatever, but like you don't hear the N-words on film like in that way very often. So it like kind of shocked me into paying attention for a while. And and it's like insane. He's talking about having a theme park where he hires all these black people to literally be slaves. (laughs) Like it's insane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Playing it like, oh, I think I remember really that. Well, yeah, only white people are allowed in. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I want to have a theme park where only white people are allowed right. in, but yeah, only I black people are, or it's like only white people can buy tickets, but the only people inside are black, and they're like, or allowed inside, yeah, right. and yeah. The, the, what he said made no sense, it didn't make any logical sense how he said it, so it's like, it's kind of, yeah, yeah, it's just a stupid thing to say, but it is that's a good. Is it, it was a different world. I mean, because this is obviously, I mean, he's in the counterculture and he's clearly left wing. So it's obviously, he's obviously anti-racist, but this was a world where you could make fun of all that stuff. And it was even used language like the N-word. Like, I, I think the N-word is very different now. Yeah. In large media. Than There's it no was question the about that. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, exactly. And it, so it's, yeah, it is interesting how, I mean, it'd be you curious what like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it, you don't. I, I don't really know how to regard it, except that there seemed to be like because at Fritz the Cat is another movie in this vein that I love that that actually Jonathan showed me. Um, and uh, there's a t- there's humor in that like that too. Um, yeah, I just thought yeah, yeah. it just felt worse mentioning it, yeah, to me because I I feel like that it could be a point of contention for. Um, people watching the movie like obviously it's satire though but but that was um a particularly jarring moment for me although i did like i still thought it was funny but uh yeah and i also like the idea i know that jonathan is a real person but like if whenever we reference something we're just like oh yeah jonathan showed it to me (laughs) it's like (laughs) i was watching this movie actually jonathan mentioned this movie 
Yeah, we should keep him a reoccurring theme. <laughs> yeah, a running gag of sorts. Uh, yeah, I uh, just talked to Jonathan. <laughs> Pretty cool. Awesome. Okay. Anybody? Any ideas for the next movie? Uh, I I do for tone. I I don't mind that the tone's a little heavier, but it can't be anything like Come and See. Like I'm not ready for that again. I need another film or two before that. I don't know. How about uh, how about? Uh, I've been wanting to watch a Terrence Malick uh, movie ever since I saw Tree of Life. So I'm I'm into watching Badlands, but I don't know if it's really in line with what Kalen just said. A young couple runs. A young couple runs away after killing their girl's father. As the bounty hunters start following them, the couple starts a murder <laughs> spree while trying to reach the badlands of Montana. No, <laughs> yeah, but that's. Not, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, but like it says crime drama. It says I, I can do a drama. It's an hour and thirty-five minutes. That's not too bad. That's not. It's on Criterion. It's like two and a half hours. Then. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, I'm fine for yeah. Badlands if y'all oh, want to yeah. do that. As long as it's nothing like, you know. Yeah. No, it's. I've seen the first half hour of it. It's I'm into it. It's just, <laughs> it's just a movie. All right. All right. Um, yeah, sweet. I'm awesome. down. Peace. Okay, cool, guys. All right. Bye. Peace, Peace out. out. Roger and out. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>